This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Welcome. Welcome one and all in here out there, all around the world, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and we, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be with all of you again here in the Ed Sullivan Theater, because after the first few months of the strike, Evie refused to keep chanting my name. But now the writer strike is over with a new contract that includes protections against AI, cost of living increases, better pay, better pay for streaming. Plus, thanks to the picket lines, my writers got fresh air and sunshine, and they do not care for that. <laughs> now they're back safely in their joke holes, doing what they do best, making my prompter word screen full of good and haha. Thank you, thank you. Good to have you back. It's been, it's been a long time since our last Late Show. We looked at the calendar today and checked my math on this. I believe we have been off the air for 154 indictments. <laughs> Is that right? Roughly. Is that right? Roughly. Ballpark it? Ballpark it? Ballpark it, Alan? It was a crazy summer to be off. It was just packed with events. And obviously, it would be stupid to try to recap everything that happened over the last five months. So here we go. (laughs) Starting... Starting with May. At age 74, Prince Charles finally got his first job, and the dress code was insane casual. (laughs) Even even for Bennigan's, that's a lot of flair. Also in May, a bunch of orcas attacked yachts, Martha Stewart did the swimsuit issue, and Russia banned America's late-night hosts, including me, but for some reason, they did not ban my friend, (laughs) Jimmy Fallon. I'm guessing because of Jimmy's popular segment, Slow Jam the Borscht. (laughs) Then in June, wildfires in uh, Canada sent giant plumes of smoke down the East Coast, turning New York's air into Satan's butthole. <laughs> As opposed to New York's normal air, actual butthole. <laughs> On June 8th, June 8th, uh, I really, really w- missed having a show because that was the day Donald Trump was hit with a 37-count indictment for hoarding <laughs> national secrets. <laughs> and we saw... We saw some unbelievable photos of where he stored them next to a Mar-a-Lago guest toilet. Look at that. He left the launch codes in the splash zone. Can you imagine using that bathroom? We're out of toilet paper! Wait a second, never mind. I'll just make a two-ply out of Syrian troop movements. Thank you. Thank you. On June 23rd, On June 23rd, there was an attempted coup in Russia by Wagner Group founder and Pope Francis's evil twin, (laughs) 
Yevgeny Prigozhin. It briefly looked like the coup might succeed, but in the end, Putin and Prigozhin kissed and blew up. Because <laughs> just two months later, and I'm sure totally unrelated, Prigozhin's plane exploded in midair. Imagine sitting in coach. <laughs> and seeing the guy who tried to overthrow Putin walking down the aisle. <laughs> I'd be jamming on that flight attendant call button. Excuse me, miss, is the diarrhea plane still available? <laughs> what? When was that? What month was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That recently, the yeah. diarrhea plane? That was... <laughs> In July, the Earth kept breaking heat records. The actors went on strike, making the picket lines a little hotter. They found cocaine at the White House just in time for a massive blockbuster weekend for Barbie and Oppenheimer. The two movies seem unrelated, but it turns out J. Robert Oppenheimer also had no genitals. <laughs> it's just a long way. It's a long walk from that setup to that payoff. Just blown off at the Trinity site. And... But, oh, now it's sad? There was some smaller news. Aliens are real. A (laughs) former military intelligence officer testified to Congress that the U.S. government has seen UFOs and has likely been aware of non-human activity since the 1930s, which explains the popular vaudeville duo Laurel and Zorgon. (laughs) Oh, speaking of aliens, uh, Elon Musk, in... (laughs) in July... in July... Thank you. In July, he rebranded Twitter as X, to which the world replied, Why? (laughs) Then, on August 1st, special counsel Jack Smith indicted the former president yet again. (laughs) In a case, in a case alleging that January 6th was fueled by lies from Trump. That's right, January 6th was brought to you by its two sponsors, Trump's lies and recent divorce. Recent divorce, storm the Capitol. That'll show Brenda. (laughs) Then Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg almost had an MMA fight. COVID made a comeback, and we got another round of Trump indictments, this time in Georgia for election interference. On August 24th, Trump was arrested at the Fulton County Jail, and for the very first time, we got a mugshot. Yes. That is one anger-glazed ham. (laughs) Now, I tried to match that face. I tried to make my face match that face for a joke, but I could never get it quite as close as my head writer, Ariel Dumas. (laughs) Really good. Spooky. For the win. Beautiful girl. Of course, Trump never passes up a chance to grift a buck, so he immediately began selling T-shirts, posters, coffee mugs, and even a beer koozie with the mugshot and the slogan, Never Surrender. Quick reminder, that mugshot was taken the day Trump surrendered. (laughs) So, it's a... It's a bit of a mixed message. Reminds me of the time Nancy Reagan sold Just Say No t-shirts with a picture of her doing a line of coke off of Gorbachev's forehead. (laughs) Now... Did that happen? That happened, right? Now, this case is the one where Trump and his co-conspirators were charged with trying to steal the election in Georgia under an area of law called the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, or RICO. Which brings me to my new legal segment... RICO. Guilty. 
That's all the time we have for that segment. Let's keep moving. <laughs> gotta keep going, gotta keep going. Now, there's nothing in the rule book that says a convict can't be president. So, and this is true, if he wins, he might be able to veto bills from cell block A. I'm sure you're asking, how would he even get the veto pen in there? Well, let's just say on visitation days, Eric will be walking funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dad! I, I, I should have used a ballpoint. <laughs> then, in mid-September, Mexico's Congress also had a hearing on UFOs and unveiled what they said were alien bodies. Here they are. There you go. That is so sad. Someone forgot to water E.T. <laughs> that, I know, it is sad. It's sad. That same day, we learned that Lauren Boebert got kicked out of a touring production of Beetlejuice after officials reported she was causing a disturbance, which turns out was code for yanking her date's crank at a family-friendly show. Wow. According to witnesses, she was apparently trying to start him like a lawnmower. The choke. That was the choke. <laughs> oh, the choke out. That's up. Uh, gotta get the choke. You gotta wow. get the choke out before wow. you. Before you before wow. One foot up. Get one foot up. <laughs> get a handful. <laughs> Tell the choke out. And then the choke back in. Oh, no. Or you'll. You don't put the choke back in. You'll you'll flood him. <laughs> Speaking of getting caught with your hand in, let's say, the cookie jar. New Jersey Senator and Business Basketball, Bob Menendez. Recently, Senator Menendez and his wife were indicted on federal corruption charges for allegedly taking bribes in exchange for assisting the government of Egypt. Prosecutors are describing the Egyptian bribes as... a pyramid scheme. <laughs> we're back, baby! We're back! When the FBI raided his house, they found more than $500,000 in cash stuffed into envelopes and hidden in closets, a safe, and even stuffed in the pocket of a jacket they found in his home. That's always a nice feeling when you slip your hand in the pocket of a coat. Yeah. You haven't worn in a while and you find half a million dollars in bribes. Ooh, and a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Normally, 
Normally, when we're doing the show, in the second act, I'd be sitting over there talking about something, but we've been off for so long that I've got more monologue tonight. I'm back here with another. And the first part of the monologue before the break, we were recapping everything from the past five months, and now we've made it up to today. And it was a big day, because right here in New York City, a world leader came to town, Taylor Swift, who was... Last night's Jets game to watch her new beau, Travis the Football Kelsey, superstar tight end for the Red Team. <laughs> I'm big on the Reds this year. I think the Reds are going to do a lot. At the game, Taylor drank some drinks, hung out with Blake Lively, while injured Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers sat alone in the sadness box. <laughs> I'm sorry. By the way, that's how it normally looks when you're watching the Jets. This is all great publicity for the NFL. Mere rumors that Tay-Tay might be at last night's game game sent ticket prices surging more than 40%. Used to be you couldn't afford to watch Taylor Swift. Now you can't afford to watch Taylor Swift watch something. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Swift lift is not limited to tickets. Her maybe boyfriend's jersey saw a 400% spike in sales, and the brand of denim shorts she wore to last night's game are already sold out online. Everything she touches is instantly revitalized. Taylor, if this relationship doesn't work out, is there any way you can start dating one of our nation's crumbling bridges? <laughs> any infrastructure? Of course, it is... It is not an official celebrity romance until they have a couple name, which is why I'm deeming the two of them Trailer Squelcy. <laughs> Trailer Squelcy. Big Apple also got a visit from Donald Trump today. No. No, you're happy he was here. Because he's attending a civil trial that he has already lost. You see, last Tuesday... Last, last Tuesday... Last Tuesday, the judge in this case took the rare step of issuing a summary judgment, ruling that when it came time for him to apply for loans, Trump persistently committed fraud by inflating the value of his assets and said that Trump was living in a fantasy world, not the real world. Yes, a fantasy world where he won the election, windmills kill whales, and this is 215 pounds. (laughs) Now, the ruling... This ruling was handed down by Judge Arthur F. Ngoron, who can only issue a decision after five smaller judges combine their powers to form (laughs) Ngoron! In this... In his ruling... We liked the graphic. In this ruling, Ngoron pointed out that the former president claimed his apartment in Trump Tower was 30,000 square feet rather than about 11,000 square feet inflating the total square footage by 300%. Why does he always use a big lie when a small lie would work? It'd be like a 15-year-old saying, "Uh, yes, bartender, I would like a cup of your strongest alcohol. What year was I born? 1935. (laughs) Let's win in Korea. (laughs) So that part's already decided, and the trial is just to find out how much he's going to have to pay for his crime. Attorney General James is seeking to have Trump fined as much as $250 million. That's... I mean, that is... mm, That's a lot of money, especially considering that, according to Trump, $250 million could be valued as as much as $3 billion. Now, 
in those brief moments, in those fleeting moments when he's not appearing in court, Trump is out on the campaign trail. On Sunday, he was in Iowa, where he talked about clean energy and batteries powering vehicles and gave us this hypothetical. If I'm sitting down and that boat's going down and I'm on top of a battery, and the water starts flooding in, I'm getting concerned. But then I look 10 yards to my left and there's a shark over there. So I have a choice of electrocution or shark. You know what I'm going to take? Electrocution. I will take electrocution every single time. Do we agree? I will take electrocution. So, in summary, would you rather me be your next president or have a butt where your mouth is and a mouth where your butt is and then have to eat a bug with your mouth butt? Trick question. I will take electrocution. Coming up, Neil deGrasse Tyson. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Did everybody, were you able to make the most of the five months out there? Was everybody out there gigging? Oh, yeah, I think so. People were all over the world. I mean, these guys were in Europe. Uh, we went to dinner once. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. There you go. Yeah. We don't have time for that when we're doing the show. We really don't. <laughs> um, well, it's fantastic. I think one of the, I've, I've missed the audience, I've missed the staff, but I've missed the privilege of sharing the stage with you guys every night. That, that is mutual. That is mutual. I, uh... Sure. I made, I, made, I made some friends this summer. I, I already yeah. knew these guys, but I spent some quality time with these guys I like to call Strike Force Five. Yeah. Strike Force. Wow. I want to thank, uh, uh, I I thank uh, my buddies, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, John Oliver, and um, Seth Myers, mm -hmm. who we formed a, a podcast to help uh, try to pay the staff here. And, um, you know, camaraderie, something approaching entertainment. I won't claim... The show was good. <laughs> it was good. But it was something it was to listen good. to while you chopped the potatoes on a Saturday. Uh, but I also want to thank uh, Ryan Reynolds for all the money that he gave for, uh, yeah. for his companies. Yeah. And uh, just an aside, uh, Mike Chaffee, the editor who made our hour and a half rambles into actual shows. Thank you all. Let's do it again someday, but not because we have to. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is America's most beloved astrophysicist and host of Star Talk. Please welcome back to The Late Show, my friend and yours, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Nice to see you. We're back, baby. We are back, baby. You know, I, after five months, I think it's so fitting that you're my first guest back because you may or may not know this, but between these two shows, over the last 18 years, you are my most frequent guest and I think maybe my favorite guest. Oh. Because people often ask me, who's your favorite guest? And I say, Neil, do you have any idea why I say you? What nope. is it about talking to you that I find so... I have no idea. You burn. 
You burn with an incandescent passion about whatever the subject is. I often feel vaguely singed on this side of my body <laughs> after the interview's over. Okay, one of the big issues for the WGA and, uh, and, and for the SAG on strike right now is the use of artificial intelligence in our industry. And, of course, I've spoken to people recently who said that it's going to change... Uh, it's going to change daily life to have artificial intelligence helpers, artificial advisors, help with productivity and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on AI? Because I, I just can't buy the fear. I'm actually not that afraid of it. Well, so, it, as a scientist, we've been embedded in AI ever since we could possibly use it. We seek it out. We want so? it. How because it, it makes our job easier. How does AI make your job as an astrophysicist? Because I have data that I'm swimming in. I cannot, I don't have the time or the energy to process it, to interpret it, to, so you train AI to reduce the data, analyze the data, and find the cool stuff. And I do that while I'm sitting on a couch eating a Twinkie. I, I, this is what you want. This is so. And plus, AI is all around us. It's you know when you talk to Siri on your iPhone, there's not a human being in that exchange. <laughs> Siri tells you how, the fastest way to get to Grandma's house through the traffic that just swelled up in the last few moments. That's a form of AI. So AI beat us at chess. AI, AI beat us at, in Jeopardy. Okay? No one freaked out and ran for the hills when that happened. It only made headlines when AI figured out how to write your term paper. Oh, then all the liberal arts folks, they pooped their pants. Okay? Be because... Wait a <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and let you go after liberal arts Yes, folks. I'm gonna. Yes, I'm gonna. What? Because, okay, so, so, yeah, it writes your term paper and people said, oh my gosh, AI is bad and dangerous, let's ban it. If you knew how embedded modern civilization already is in all variants of AI, you wouldn't possibly say that. So what's the answer? I mean, answer to what question? The question of what are we going to what are we going to do about the fact that a kid can just go have an AI write the term paper? Oh, so how oh, do you know oh, what you learn? I love that. Okay, so maybe, so maybe, education involves an oral exam. Will you actually know whether someone has learned it? Wow, you ask questions and stuff yes, like that. Yes, you. Wow. Then you probe the mind of the human yes. rather than whatever was summoned at the keyboard. That is a deeper form of knowledge and education anyway, and maybe we should have always been doing it, but we haven't. Yes, it's more, yes, it's more labor. You probably need more teachers, and you might have to even pay them more. Okay, you settled it. You fixed it. I fixed it. You fixed it. I fixed it. Okay, oh, right, 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 real quick. Yeah, sure, on, course, on the yeah. AI, I just learned days ago that 15 of my books were used to inform the AI search engines for their content. And how do you feel about your material being used as raw material for somebody else's business? Yeah, I... Uh... <sighs> as an educator, I want people... I... Why do I write books? So you can learn what's in the book and do stuff with what you learned that's in the book. Yeah. So if now you can learn what's in the book faster by having AI grab it, I... I'm still... I have to think about that. <laughs> okay? Uh -huh. It's 15 out of 183,000 books. There's a lot. It's not... But yes. that's one out of, if you do the math, one out of one twelve thousandth 
of the AI engine's processing comes from my books. And so I was wow. honored by that, but then a little creeped out by it. A little creeped out, little a little creeped out. So you, you felt a little bit like a liberal arts major. <laughs> <laughs> you can understand where they're coming from. Got off your high horse Just there. a little bit, okay. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back with more. Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. It is the author of the new book, To Infinity and Beyond. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil, listen, the people, they know. They know. Um, I want to talk about a cosmic discovery that uh, we've been dealing with this summer. There was a lot of talk about aliens, congressional hearings here and, and in Mexico. Um, do you have, what are your reactions to the hearings? We had con- public congressional hearings about the possibility that uh, we have an unexplained phenomenon happening on Earth that should be investigated by the government that some people are saying is evidence of aliens. Yeah, so there's a lot, you know, the universe brims with mystery. Just because you can't explain something doesn't mean you can't explain it. <laughs> That's what... One more time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an astrophysicist, so you if might you need see, to say that sentence again exactly you, as you just if, said if it. If you see... Don't you dare rewrite it, Something Mr. AI. in the sky that you cannot explain... Yeah? ...and you call it a UFO or the rebranded government version, UAP, Unidentified aerial phenomena. Who are they fooling? They're talking about UFOs. Right. I also am not thrilled that they're using a P there because it's UAP, unexplained aerial phenomenon. You don't, you don't like where I got, like, well, I mean, the, 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 the P has got a. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, UAPs, oh, I see, because the, it, you say P, but it's pronounced with a F sound. So there's a, there's a cognitive dissonance. Yeah. You'll catch up with us liberal arts majors eventually. Got it. Words. I got you. Letters, sound, assonance, sonorism. Yes, yes. So, where was I? (laughs) Getting schooled by a liberal (laughs) arts major is what you were. You were talking about... So, you were saying that, you know, just because something is unexplained doesn't mean it's unexplainable. Therefore, you can't just assign to it some sort of fanciful answer that kind of scratches an itch of mystery for you. Once you say, I don't know what it is... You don't have the argument rights to then say, I do know what it is. It's visiting aliens from outer space. You just said, I don't know what I'm looking at. I can't explain it. It's doing things I don't understand. That's really the end of your sentence. And, and so at, at that point, you say, let's investigate it further. Sure. Okay? Yeah. I don't mind investigating it further. Go right ahead. There you I go. care about... And I'm... they did, and here we are. Oh, I there love this. I there love these. There, there were two of them. There's there was two of them? There was two of them. Sure, you always need a spare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In case the dog gets to the first one. <laughs> and apparently, one of them had, had eggs inside and stuff. What? Yeah, so I love... These are, like... They're, like, three feet tall. They're, like, this big. Sure. This is in Mexico. And yeah, so yeah. What, what's interests to me as a scientist is you have someone coming forth with a- aliens... Sure. ...mummified aliens. I'm yeah. saying, 
That's better than what happened in our Congress, where the guy has aliens in a locked box, okay? But he can't tell you where they are or who has them. So that's not useful to scientists, okay? If you have a discovery, you want to share it. When we went to the moon and we brought back moon rocks, we shared that with the world. That's what science is. It's not what one person says about what they did in their lab. It's what other people say after they double-check you. And so, 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 wait, wait, so... Okay. They, they roll out the aliens. They roll out the aliens. They say, that's a start. That, now, never mind... How is that, that start? Because they're not left in the locked box, okay? Oh, I... So, so... <laughs> I'm just saying... Magic. No, here, I just... Oh, how did you get it? Here, here's what's interesting, okay? Yeah. These are very humanoid. Yeah. Most life on Earth, with whom we have DNA in common, yeah. does not look humanoid. What's, what? We have DNA in common with a banana, <laughs> with, with, with oak trees, with worms, with lobsters. For an alien from another planet to be this humanoid... Like what? It's, it's, what? it's got a head... Hold oh, on, I don't yeah, know which okay. way your camera is. There it is. Okay, so it's got a head, shoulders, arms, legs, hips, uh, ears, nose, eyes, mouth, legs, feet, fingers. That's, that's humanoid, okay? Fine, but you're really gonna get a humanoid thing from another planet with another origin story than what we have here on Earth? That's odd. If you wanna make it humanoid, put it back. Okay, if you wanna make it humanoid, do you realize there is no bone under your nose? So all mummified humans, you see the cavity into your skull. This alien has a nose. Yeah, because it's an a- it's an alien nose, and maybe they have a bone, Neil. <laughs> okay, that's science. Okay, so 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 what you do now is you give it to the labs and let other people investigate it. That's a start. I love it. Well, let's talk I about. Love the... me some aliens. Don't no, get me wrong. I would love it to be true. But uh, what excites me, and I see how you feel about it, is that there is some data out there. Our military has said that these UAP, these aerial phenomenon that they can't explain... UAFs. What? Sure, whatever. <laughs> sure. That these UAPs, that they've got uh, visual sightings that match the radar sightings, that match the infrared camera that locks onto them, and these things are doing things that they're saying, we do not have the material science or the propulsion to do any of this. H- how... That's the U in unidentified. Continue. I agree, but does it excite you... Yes! ...that no one can explain what's going on? Always, and I... The research scientist lives on that frontier. We're looking out in the universe. I can't explain that. Bring us some more data. Get some more people. Someone smarter than me. We live in the world of the unexplained. Could I use AI to do that while you're eating your Twinkie? (laughs) You could possibly. What you do is get AI to, to collate all of these observations and look for repeat patterns to see if there's something, if there's an actual atmospheric phenomenon, if there's some form of the image, some display of the lights that it could try to make sense out of? Yeah, yeah go right ahead. Okay, do, I want to I want to talk about um the NASA's Osiris Rex uh spacecraft that delivered back to Earth yeah. just recently yeah. our first asteroid samples. How long ago did this mission go up? Do you know? Seven years ago. And how long did it take the sample? Seven years. What no, when it went up seven years ago, did it take the sample immediately? Oh, oh, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought, how long did it take to bring the sample back? I'm yeah. curious. So it has, to, it has to catch up with the asteroid. So, so, so while that's an important result... Yeah. But let me just say something before that. Sure. OSIRIS-REx is a space probe launched from Earth, a moving platform, to intercept an asteroid called Bennu, a moving target, 
it reaches the target, does a touch and go, grabbing matter, putting it into a capsule, returning that to Earth, deploying the capsule on the rotating Earth such that it lands in a Utah desert of our choosing while the spaceship goes on to another asteroid. That... Wow. Yet, there are people who walk among us saying, I don't trust science. What do scientists know? How do scientists... And I'm thinking, do you know what we do? Do you have any idea what science is? Okay. Sorry. Now, this sample. Sorry. Now, this sample, what happens to this sample? I didn't mean to lose comes... a gasket there. I'm sorry. Please, this is the place to do it. <laughs> that sample that comes back, does it get sterilized or anything? Because is it could have the Andromeda strain on it. Yeah, I, I, that, that, was, that was a story to remember, the Andromeda right, exactly. strain. Exactly. Yeah, so it was a bug that came from space and killed everybody. Uh, so, do you want to be worried about this? Yes, yeah, so NASA has a, an entire branch of itself called the Department of Planetary Protection. And it sterilizes spaceships that we send forward so that if you're looking for life, it doesn't accidentally discover the rhinovirus because someone sneezed on it before it went. So you don't declare life that isn't really there, that you brought there, okay? And it is protocol for when samples come back from space. And so, yes, th there's a whole protocol to, to reduce to basically zero the risk of contamination. Keep in mind, however, that Earth plows through two hundreds, typically 200 tons of meteors a day. What? How come? How come? How come? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the solar system is a shooting gallery, and there's a lot of debris. And most of these you'll see as just shooting stars. Oh, isn't that pretty? Earth is gathering mass, plowing through. Uh, and so it is, uh, it is accreting space dust every day. So Earth is getting fatter. Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, I would say heavier, not fatter. Sure. This is... Um, uh, they're, they're telling me to wrap, but I don't oh, want to, because oh, I haven't oh. done an interview in five months, oh. and I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm gonna keep going for just here a second, and you all figure out in the other room. Now, looking for life. You're saying, like, we don't... We want to send something sterile out there so we don't automatically sort of... We accidentally find ourselves, you might say, on that other planet. Where's your money? Europa, Enceladus? Like, where's your money on, on where there's going to be I love me there? some Europa, okay? One Talk of the, to us. One of Jupiter's moons. Yeah, one of Jupiter's moons. Jupiter sits outside of the Goldilocks zone, where if you're too close to the sun, your liquid water evaporates. Too far, it freezes. So Earth is in the Goldilocks zone. Liquid water thrives here, okay? Outside the Goldilocks zone, it's natural for it to freeze, but Jupiter's gravitational stress pumps energy into the moon, plus the tuggings of other moons as well, pumps energy in. So what would otherwise be a frozen ball is liquid underneath a layer of ice. It's been liquid for billions of years. How in much fact, liquid are we talking about? More liquid that, than is in all the Earth's oceans. Yes. So I want to cut a hole and go ice fishing in Europa. OK? I mean, why not? But here's... Put up a little thing, a little space heater. Just put it in. Six-pack of the baths. Exactly. <laughs> and so... But here's an interesting question. If we find life on Europa, I think we're compelled to have to call them Europeans. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody.
Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. Star Talk and the author of the new New York Times best-selling book to infinity and beyond. <laughs> I forgot it. I forgot it. Neil deGrasse Tyson. So this is the third collaboration of my podcast, Star Talk, with National Geographic books. And National Geographic, that's a beautiful book. Hold that up again. That's a beautiful. That, that's a beautiful oh, book. Gorgeous. That's a good-looking book. What? Are these? <laughs> Are, uh... Just saying. Are those, are those for sale no. in the lobby, Neil? <laughs> no, they are not. They should be. No, should be. no, I got my... No. Throughout the book, you evaluate Hollywood science. What film got it uh, the most wrong? Just, just briefly, you, this is the ascent from Earth to the edge of the universe with our physical selves and beyond that limit, our mental selves. So it is that... It's a quest. And, by the way, it's not all quests ended okay. Like, Icarus died trying to fly. So do you say, well, I'm never going to try to fly, or do you say, maybe I should make my wings out of something different, okay? The people who succeed typically know to not do what other people did that failed. This is a tracking of that. And right on up to the edge of space-time and wormholes and the like. And wherever the topic resembles contents of a film, you know I got to go there, you know? The scenery of film, did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? You've made James Cameron's life hell more than once. A little bit, yeah, because he got the wrong sky over the sinking Titanic. What, what, what mystery have you cracked? Okay, but, but we know that longitude, latitude, time, day, when, uh, when the Titanic sank, <laughs> and he had the wrong sky over Rose as she's looked with her dead boyfriend in the <laughs> back of the thing. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> you know, if the, if if. If that had been Matt Damon from The Martian instead of Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon would have built an outdoor board motor from the, the pieces of the ship, and everybody would have been saved, because he used science. <laughs> so now, The Mar- Martian is an excellent film. Oh, we mentioned that the ship is rocking and they leave him for dead, because if they don't take off, everybody dies. But on Mars, the air is 1% the density of Earth's air. So even fast-moving air would be like... be like a gentle breeze on Mars. Nothing would have been rocking. I told this to Andy Weir, the author. Yeah. And he said, no, you got to give me one. And he did so much else right yes. that I, I, I gave him a whole pass on that. Okay? okay. I, I gave him okay. a whole pass. Now, so I would say the, the, the movie with the most errors ever, it, it's, it's Armageddon. It, it, has, it, has, <laughs> it violates more laws of physics per minute than <laughs> any other movie ever until a year ago over COVID, I saw Moonfall. Moonfall, that's, uh... The moon ha- is hollow. Holly Berry. The moon is hollow. There's a moon creature inside. And the astronauts knew about the moon creature, apparently. And the moon is getting closer to Earth and everybody's gonna die. And I said, okay, um, this is the new highest violating movie I've ever seen (laughs) of the laws of physics. I understand you recently cracked the code on Barbie. What was the code on Barbie? Oh, 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 I Barbieheimered. Yeah, so 
So if you see both movies in the same day, yeah. that's bar you Barbie Heimered. So I did that, of course. I understand, yes. Yes, sure, thank yeah. you. Good, good, good. Just, um, no, I noticed that the moon was shown in the view in Barbie land. And I said, OK, that orientation predetermines the latitude on Earth where this location could be. Okay. Then the sun rose and set over the water. That's another indication. A third indication is there are palm trees. So, so Barbie Land had to be somewhere between 20 and 40 degrees north latitude from the moon, below 30 degrees pretty much because it had palm trees, and it had to have water to the east and the west. And if it's on the continental United States, it meant it was on the southern tip of Florida or any one of the Florida Keys. And, and I tweeted that. I X'd it. And, and <laughs> people lost their minds. I'm just putting a little science to Barbie. It makes sense that that much pink does say keys. <laughs> I would later learn, yes. Yes. Now, this is where we really, this is where we really go into overtime, and my producers are going to lose their minds. I got to talk to you about Oppenheimer. Let's do it. Okay, that, I was deeply moved by that movie. I, I, That's why they call them movies. Too hot. You're too hot, Neil. <laughs> okay. What did you think? My favorite moment. There's so many wonderful yeah, moments. Yeah. It, you know, it, science is set pretty sexy in this movie, and they take it very science seriously. Science is a character unto itself. Yes. yes. And um, there is a moment when he is in, uh, you know, Heidelberg or someplace. He's he's in in Europe studying the quanta, and he's having these sort of ecstatic moments where he's throwing champagne glasses into the corner of the room and 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 having an experience almost like glimpses as they shatter what did that moment mean to you because it's not explained but at the same time you're seeing sort of images of some vibrating circular strings and stuff like that and you imagine that he's perceiving out in the world evidence of the internal conclusions he's coming to through the equations <laughs> And he sees an expression in the world. Are you done? In... What? <laughs> are you, are... I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> I learned it from you. Okay. The, Do you know what I mean? Like the, that. What does that ecstatic moment mean to you? The movie is rich in historical anecdote and detail. And every anecdote I know about that period, about Oppenheimer, about the war, about the bomb, about its power. All of that was captured in that film. And he did it smoothly, without having to take an off-ramp just to do something that's scientifically correct. There's even a scene where there's a party, a physics party, and there's somebody playing the bongos. It doesn't zoom in and look at him, but you know, if you're in the know, Richard Feynman, one of the great physicists of the 20th century, played the bongos, so that was Feynman. Okay? Yeah. He doesn't, they didn't say that. Yeah. But actually, in the later credits, they say they credit someone named Feynman. But the word Feynman doesn't come out of anybody's mouth. That's I, the I, level of detail in this film. I think at the Trinity explosion, I think... He, that Feynman's, was him, too. He's yes. got his bongos at the Trinity. No, no, no. No, no he does. Wait, wait, wait. He's no, no. holding up his bongos Okay, again. no, no, no. You know who Feynman was at the Trinity explosion? Who the guy it? in the car who they're saying, do you need this stuff to slather on your face? He yeah. says, no, I'm protected by the windshield. This is in one of Feynman's books because he knew that pure glass is an excellent absorber of ultraviolet radiation. And he knew this. But then they threw in, okay, <laughs> the windshield protects you from the UV. What protects you from the windshield? <laughs> 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 that, that was good. But that was also Feynman. 
Wow. That was something pulled from Feynman's record, and it doesn't identify him as right. This is beautiful. Now, um, what's his face throwing champagne glass? I have no idea what he was doing. I thought my boy had lost it. <laughs> it could have been some I'll anecdote I didn't know. I'll explain it to you, you know, later. <laughs> we'll get AI to figure it out. Yeah. To infinity and beyond, a journey to cosmic discovery is available now. The man is Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.